welcome into this week's episode of Sunny Days and Double Plays, a Palm Beach baseball podcast. It's me, it's me, it's Mikey B. I am pleased to be joined this week by Brett Fick of the Delray Nationals as he leads in his game uh, May 24th against the Savannah Bananas. Uh, you can watch that game on YouTube. Search Savannah Bananas Game Time on May 24th. It's scheduled for 5.30 Eastern from Savannah, Georgia. I'm also joined this week by the newest teammate here on Sunny Days and Double Plays, Ivani Valdez. You've heard him as he was one of my guests so far. I'm bringing Ivani back to make him a permanent uh, member of this show. As he is going to be the guy that we're going to do the preview with. We're going to do Vegas betting lines. He'll also be part of the... Uh, Power rankings will also set some over-unders to make this a little bit more interesting. Uh, that's what's coming up at the tail end of the show. Uh, but now let's get to what happened the week that was in the Palm Beach Baseball League. And we will start in the National Division. Los Padres get on the winning ways as they defeat the Derby Suggers by a final score of 6-3. to Red Sox top the Hurricanes 6-2. The Beach Bums over the Panthers 18-3. to While the Caribbean Stars and the Delray Nationals tie at 9. And the final, the, the, the finally, the, the early slate in this division, the Thunder defeated the Sugar Kings by a final score of three to nothing. Jeff Tomlinson got the start on the mound for the Thunder. He went the first four, allowing only three hits and striking out two. He was followed on the bump by Caleb Pitts, who got the victory to advance to three and zero. Pitts threw the final five innings of the game, striking out four and only allowing two hits from the Sugar Kings. For the Thunder, offensively, the scoreless tie finally broke in the seventh as the Hanson brothers did their best slap shot impersonation, singling back-to-back. They advanced to second and third on a balk. The Sugar Kings decided to walk slugger Mike DeLue to load the bases. Greg Nicholson then worked a bases loaded walk to give the Thunder a one nothing lead. In the eighth, Guy Bacharto hit a double and was ran for by Matt Zymack, who scored on a single by Cleveland Westbrook. It was followed by a Wesley Correa single, and a balk that pushed the two of them to first, to second and third before Michael Jordan hit a sacrifice fly to drive in Westbrook and pushed the final score to 3-0. But the Sugar Kings did uh, have a little ninth-inning magic as they loaded the bases on a single and a couple of walks before Pitts was able to strike out and then get a ground ball double play to end the ball game. That was not the only day, only game of the day for the Palm Beach Thunder as then they had a second game as they played the Palm Beach Marlins in the second game. The wrap-up of that game, starting pitcher Matt Nidowitzki, Nidowicki of the Marlins went the distance, only allowed one run, which was scored in the ninth. Uh, for the Thunder, Mike and Guy mustered half of the offense for them as they had four of the Thunder eight hits. Uh, they were joined in the hit column by Matt and Darren with singles also come with singles while Wesley and MJ had doubles in the ninth MJ doubled to start the ninth restart on a ground ball and then scored the lone run of the for the thunder on another ground ball the starting pitcher for the thunder was Josh Mowry Mowry went the first five allowed no runs working his way back from an injury glad to see Josh is out here hopefully the recovery is still going well for him he was followed on the mound by Evan Levia who ended up taking the loss as he allowed the go-ahead run to score he was followed by Cody Gardieri and Cleveland Westbrook. The Palm Beach Red Sox defeated the Warriors by a final score of 15 to nothing. The Diamondbacks, powered by seven innings on the bump by Jacob Williams, got a victory over the Angels 11-7. Again, Williams went the front seven, allowed eight hits, six runs while punching out six. Offensively, they were led by Mitchell, who went three for four with five RBIs. Jose, three for three with two RBIs. Pat, three for four 
Mike Roy, two for three. Jamal McCleary, two for four. For the Angels, uh, H. Williams, I don't have his name, sorry. He went the front two and two-thirds, allowed ten hits, nine runs while striking out two. He was followed on the mound, on the mound by Rob Romero and by Klein. Klein and Romero each had two hits, uh, while Ray, Gabby, and Sampson all had hits for the Halos. Uh, news out of the Halo, I guess, roster. Um, it has been reported that Gabby uh, has played his final game with the Angels. He's taken an opportunity to play some independent ball up in the Northeast. Uh, we here at Sunny Days and Double Plays wish Gabby the best of luck. Um, I've had the privilege of watching him play for numerous years from his time with the Cubs to the Rowdy Boys to now the Angels. Um, so all the best of luck to Gabby. Um, let's just say there will be many people in the league that will be glad they don't have to step in the box uh, against him for, for a little while. Uh, might be able to save a river too. But no, in all, in all in good fun, we do wish Gabby the best of luck. Hopefully uh, hopefully he's able to uh, to get there. And uh, we'll be watching and we'll be rooting him on. Um, as soon as I find out exactly where, I will post all that information here for you guys because this is a kind of like a brotherhood of all of us. So I think it'd be nice to, to watch Gabby and root for him through it out. Uh, the final game in this division saw the Beach Bum defeat the Tribe by a final score of 7-5. to five. The win on the mound went to Mike Wassong. He went seven and two-thirds, allowed 11 hits, five runs, all of which were earned while striking out 10 and only walking two. Dave Sally got the save for the Beach Bums as he threw the final one-third of an inning. He allowed two hits and struck out one. The Bums got on the board in the first as Brad Myatt doubled in Dawson Fox, who led off the game with a base hit. The Tribe answered right back in the bottom of the first uh, as Ken Link, the third, hit a single to right and was courtesy ran for by Armin Pushka, who scored on a Gary Costello single to tie the game at one. However, the Tribe left a golden opportunity as they did multiple times throughout the ball game as they left the bases loaded in the first. Uh, they ended up leaving them a total of three times in the ball game. Uh, Armin Pushka drove in Garrison Smith in the bottom of the sixth to give the Tribe the lead 2-1. Following a strikeout and an ejection of Tribe starting catcher in the heart of the defense, Ken Link the third, uh, you could see a change uh, happen uh, for the Tribe, and not in a good way. Two errors, two doubles later, the Bums get out of the seventh inning with a 6-2 lead. That lead expanded to 7-2. to uh, Unfortunately, the loss on the mound for the Tribe goes to Garrison Smith. He went six in a third. He allowed five hits, three runs, two of which were earned, and struck out four. He was followed on the mound by Andrew Link, Brian Nowacek, Colin Lyle, and Anthony Melly. Uh, the Tribe did not go down without a fight, though. As you know, the final score was 7-5 to in the top, excuse me, in the bottom of the eighth, Dan DeSimone walked. Armin Pushka had a single. Uh, Anthony Melli walked before Andrew Link was hit by a pitch uh, that drove in a run. Uh, Garrison Smith, uh, single, made the game 7-5 to five with the bases loaded before Sally was able to get Fernando Folio to strike out and end the ball game. Uh, another opportunity where the Tribe had the bases loaded and were unable to get the hit to potentially tie the ball game. Uh, for the Bums, uh, Dawson Fox, Dave Sally, Brad Myatt, Angel Roman, uh, Danny Miranda, and Tyler Owen all had hits with Roman having two hits. For the Tribe, Armin Pushka, two hits. Ken Link, two hits, including a ground rule double. Gary Costello and Garrison Smith each had three hits, while Sam Moss had two. In the Central Division, the Astros were able to slip by the Warriors by a final score of 7-5, to five, while the Reds were able to defeat the Heat 7-2, to and the Sugar Kings defeated the Panthers in... Central Division play. Now we're going to take a quick trip around this, the records for you guys so we have an updated record in the National League, or excuse me, in the National Division. We don't have that for the league. 
the Thunder are five and two. The Beach Bums are five and two. The Red Sox are four and three. The Caribbean Stars are three, three, and one after their tie. Uh, the Diamondbacks are three and four. The Derby Sluggers currently sit at one and six in the American Division. That's still led by the Delray Nationals as they are five, zero, oh, and one. The Marlins are four and two. The Tribe and Los Padres, as well as the Hurricanes, all sit at three and three, and the Angels currently sit at one and six. And in the Central Division, that one is led by the undefeated JEG Reds, as they are seven and zero. Oh. They are followed by the five and two Astros. They are followed by the five and three Sugar Kings. The three and four Heat, the one and seven Warriors, and the zero oh and eight Panthers round out your records through the week that was in the Palm Beaches. So now. I'm actually going to turn it over to my interview right now with Brett. Uh, it's going to be a good one. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. I think there's a lot of stuff that he talks about here that makes a lot of sense, including the All-Star game, because I pitched that to him as someone who uh, is a player, doesn't really have his hand in the managerial roles of things. Um, but it's a good listen. Um, it, I like the I liked the difference that he brings to the table. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. So here's the interview with Brett. Uh, stay tuned for that as well as stay tuned for the, the fun with Ivani where we talk about our Vegas minds for next week's games. Welcome back into Sunny Days and Double Plays, a Palm Beach baseball podcast. I am joined today in our interview segment by a member of the Delray Nationals, Mr. Brett Thick. Brett, how are we doing? Hey, good. How are you, Michael? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so let's get this. Uh, let's get this banana peeled real quick. Um, <laughs> I mentioned it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that you have a game scheduled for. I guess it's later this week against the Savannah Bananas. Tell us. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I'm actually playing for the team. Um, I had messaged the uh, the team a while back. I've been following them for quite some time and. You know, I saw they were launching a uh, a pro team, not just having like a summer ball college team anymore. And they were doing this world tour. And I said, man, that looks like it would be a lot of fun. So um, the guy got back to me. I actually ended up, uh, you know, talking to him for a while. And he sent me a text last month saying, you know, do you want to dip your feet into some banana ball here in, in, uh, in May? And I said, yeah, absolutely. I would love to do that. Awesome. So where, where's the game going to take place? So it's actually going to be in Savannah and uh, it's going to be their inaugural game against their college division team for the summer. So they're going to start doing this as like a traditional game. And then uh, they're likely going to do another world tour here in August. And uh, hopefully I can play on that with them as well. That's awesome. Glad to hear it. Um, So with banana ball, for those of us at home that don't know, uh, but I do know because I watch enough TikTok and social media to know what's going on with those guys. Um, are you going to be doing the, the TikTok dance moves? Oh, man, I've been thinking about it, you know, but I, I think it's more they they control the show. You know, I, I look at it as they're the, you know, circus guys and I'm just one of the actors. So whatever they want me to do. Um, I do have a couple hidden talents, you know, I don't want to reveal them quite yet, but if you watch it, uh, you may see me doing some things and, um, some stuff that you guys might've not have known I can do. Uh, yeah. So as Brett just mentioned, you can actually watch this game. It will be on the Savannah Bananas YouTube page, uh, May 24th, correct? 
Yeah, it's going to be a night game. I believe it starts at 7 o'clock. All right, so I'll do some research. I'll make sure that I post that whenever I post this episode uh, so you guys can follow the links and everything to watch Brett play with the bananas on May 24th. Yeah, it's a, and I love this organization and what they're doing with baseball. You know, as a baseball player who's been playing almost 30 years, you know, it's a fresh breath of air to see someone, you know, trying to make the game more exciting, you know, because it's hard sometimes for people to sit there and watch baseball. I mean, e- even as a baseball player, when I go watch a game, you know, it's, it's not always the most intriguing thing when you're not out there playing. No, definitely. I, I, I love what they're doing, especially with the uh... – the sprint where instead of walking, you can run, uh, run until everybody in the field touches the ball. I think that's a, an awesome concept. I love getting the fans involved with the, if a fan catches a foul ball, it's an out. Um, I think all those things are fun uh, ways to get the crowd more involved and keep the game going fast paced, um, which is something that a lot of people are striving uh, to get game time down and to get action, I guess, faster and, and, more in your face. So I think this is a way that they're, they're able to accomplish that. So I'm excited to see you play uh, with those guys on the 24th. I'll be watching. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I love what Eric Burns and those guys are doing. I watched the short ESPN special that they did on those guys. Um, if you mm-hmm. haven't already looked that one out, that's a really fun piece. Um, how the owners took over the team and stuff like that. So, um, but let's talk about the league real quick. Um, Nationals. Uh, 5-0-1, they tied this week against the Caribbean Stars, um, 9-9. How did you join the Nationals? Let's start there. So I originally came to the league um, when I was, man, just moving to West Palm Beach. I I, I moved from California. Uh, I grew up in Southern California in in a place called Thousand Oaks, played at UC Santa Barbara, got done playing, had a couple of labrum surgeries in my shoulder. And, you know, I didn't play too much. I played for a team in San Diego called the San Diego Knights and traveled with them to tournaments. And then I moved to Nashville, wasn't really focused on baseball that much. I was more into the party scene, I guess you could say, and uh, enjoying my mid twenties to late twenties. But um, I played with a team up there called the Nashville Phillies. And then I decided to move to Florida, got my act together, sobered up, been sober now about two years and i before i got sober though i got asked to play with this team called the rowdy boys and uh they were uh, a great team actually some of the guys in the league like um, um gabby from the angels who's actually going to play some independent ball i just found out uh, yeah I, I, I just found that out myself i saw the post last night i uh i'm gonna talk about it a little bit during the during the show but yeah, yeah. i remember the, i remember the rowdy boys very well yeah, the Rowdy Boys, and, and then uh, the coach ended up moving out to Virginia, and uh, the team kind of fell apart, and I joined the the Thunder, and, um, you know, I, it's nothing but love for the guys on the Thunder, man. Mike DeLue, Sean Chiaramonte, Darren Hansen, Daniel Hansen. I mean, a lot of these guys on that team, I love them like brothers. You know, they're great people, Greg and Eric and all these guys, but, um, you know, I – I knew for a while that I probably was going to end up on the nationals. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't as good of a player when I played with them for sure. I ended up um, having a little headbutt with the coach and, you know, we, we parted ways and, you know, again, I still have nothing but love for those guys, but 
you know, I joined the nationals um, because I knew they were going to be playing in the federal league. So I actually started playing with them in the federal league down South before I even left the thunder. So it was a very easy transition for me. And uh, Dylan Bramer had already left the thunder to go join the nationals as well. And, um, you know, I knew these guys like to take baseball a little more seriously and that's kind of what I was looking for. I really wanted to get back into the groove of playing tournaments and traveling and, you know, just taking baseball to the next level. And, and these guys allowed me to do that. Yeah, no, um, as someone who has played against the nationals multiple times, um, with the Panther and, and now tribe, um, you definitely get a, a more serious vibe whenever you play you guys. Um, and that's something that, you know, I have a load of respect for, uh, I love playing against you guys. Um, it makes my job harder as a coach slash manager, um, how I'm going to work my guys to, to, to get better. Um, you know, and I, and I think that's something that, uh, some teams look at you guys and know that you're the measuring stick. And if, uh, they can stay with you guys for, for a game or a season or something like that, then, then they're moving in the right direction. Um, and I think, I think you guys are definitely the uh the top of the power rankings um so far every week including this week even though even though the tie doesn't look as great um but you guys are still the 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 cream of the crop in in the league right now according to myself um uh i think you guys really good uh i love watching you guys play even when we're not playing you guys um so i have nothing but respect for for what you guys do um I watch your stuff in the federal league because I'm part of the Facebook page. Um, I know you have Mike who actually pitched against us. I guess it's now technically yesterday since we're doing this on Monday, Mike pitched against us yesterday and pitched pretty well against us. Um, what is it? What is it about the, the guys that you share a dugout with that makes you guys flow so well? Because the thing is a lot of, teams can not gel quickly and then they have the 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 small errors that snowball you guys don't make those mistakes what is it about you guys that syncs up so well well I think one of the things that we have is confidence in our guys around us you know like if I'm if I'm not having the best day I can always know in the back of my mind that somebody's going to step up that day. You know, these guys are all talented. They all come from great backgrounds. You know, it's pretty obvious. We've got a lot of, you know, international players, especially Venezuelan players. You know, some of these guys have experienced not just college pro ball. Some guys are just, you know, grinders that have been playing for years and years and they just love the game. Uh, I think that's one of the things that separates us is like, Outside of the field, I don't think people understand how much work these guys put in as individuals, whether it's the gym or hitting the cages or, you know, like, hey, all of us are going to meet at Miller Park in Del Rey and go hit some balls on a Tuesday night or Thursday night, you know, and catching bullpen for pitchers or, you know, guys will message us on our social media and be like, hey, you know, can you catch a pen? And it's like clockwork. We're there. You know, there's always someone who's ready to to help, you know someone if they want to personally progress and um that that's kind of 
what helped me step my game up with them too. Not, not only do we play more than most people, cause we do play in the federal league and that's usually like twice a week during the week. And sometimes we even will play on a Saturday morning. So getting extra reps in and um, really just personally taking your game to the next level. Like I, I started working out at five 30 in the morning, three to five times a week, just because I didn't want to be the guy on the team that looked so out of shape because they're all great bodies. You know, it's like, you got some of these guys are monsters on this team and um, it just personally motivates you when you see everyone around you always wanting to be better. And um, that confidence carries over in your team because confidence comes with hard work. You know, when, when you have guys that, you know, are, are hitting the gym and, and going to hit, you know, or a guy that isn't selfish. Like, you know, if we ever say, Hey, we need you to steal second or, Hey, you know, we know you're three for three, but can you do a hit and run this at bat or whatever it is. And then they also all work together too. Like it's not just one person coaching the team. You know, we really don't even have like an actual coach. That's the craziest part about the Delray nationals. We have Ryan, the GM, but he's also our catcher. We have Eddie, the shortstop, but you know, He's also our leadoff hitter, not just the coach, right? And he's, you know, he's kind of like our team leader. And then Carlos, you know, who's our photographer slash coach slash outfielder, you know, pitcher, like everybody has their hand in a different set of responsibilities on the team. And I just think it's a really unique situation. And it does come off probably intimidating to other teams because it's like, man, what can't these guys do? This guy just played short. Now he's pitching. That guy's playing left. Now he's playing first base, you know, or, Hey, that guy's zero for four. Usually he's pretty good against us, but the guy that was zero for three has, you know, two home runs against us today. It's like, you just never know who's going to get you. No, it's definitely one of the deepest lineups that I've seen in a Sunday men's league team in quite some time. I've been a part of this league now for shoot. Uh, Going on eight years, um, and the last team that I saw that was hitting as deep as you guys are was Los Tigres when they were here. Um, but like you said, um, I, I there, there are fearsome guys throughout your lineup, one through however many you guys decide to hit that day, whether it's 10, 9, 12, it doesn't matter. Um, I, I will always tell anyone that asks me about you guys um, – the guy that I think, and you mentioned him already, the, the, the leader, the team leader, is your shortstop, Eddie. Um, I feel yeah. like you guys are a – when he is at his best, you guys are all top to bottom doing something that's going to make the team think, okay, what are they going to do next? Yeah, it's, and it's his, his attitude too. You know, like he he's the guy that sets the tone, right? Um, he's the guy that's been with the team, you know, with Ryan since day one, you know, they, they're the foundation of this, this team guys like Bramer and I, and Fraber Marin also came from the thunder. Um, Freyberg's an amazing player. Um, he also can set the tone, you know, Jose Zacharias, um, just, you just never know who's going to, you know, pump you up. Like, the other night we were playing in a game and, you know, we were up four to one, I believe in the bottom of the eighth or top of the eighth. And 
guy comes up and hits a rips a double off a new pitcher throwing gas. I mean, we thought this guy was shut down two strikeouts, one out left in the game, some two walks error guy hits a double off the wall. And we're like, damn, we're down five, four, you know, what do you know? A guy gets a walk guy gets a squibbler hit another intentional walk then a, you know, pop up to the infield and a guy hits a double off the left field wall. We win the game. It's just like no one's scared on this team. You know, it's, we could be down to our last out. Um, we were playing in that tournament up in Myrtle beach last year for the uh, USAB world series. We lost our first game. It looked, we looked terrible. We came back. I think we won like seven or eight games in a row to win the world series. You know, these guys are just resilient. Yeah, I saw, I saw that on your guys' uh, Facebook page, um, the, the Myrtle Beach Championship. So you guys actually lost the first one and rallied all the way back. That's, uh, that, that's, a, that's a big feat. Um, I don't think that should go uh, unnoticed by anyone because those tournaments, if you lose that first game, it, it's a grind to get back. It is. Yeah, you know, if I could give advice to anybody in the league, if you're trying to develop your team, you know, which I've seen some of these teams make huge strides and I feel like they are recruiting guys and getting better. Like you've got to keep your team working hard and, and that, that builds that confidence and that mental toughness, you know, like it's not always like, Oh, this guy played pro ball or you guys are good because you know, you guys have all this talent on your team. Like, you can still go work hard and get better. You know, you can still put the ball in play. You can find guys, you can develop your arms. Like, uh, you know, I've seen people who were the tiniest people in high school work out for three years straight. And now they hit home runs over the fence. You know, it's like, that's, it's all based on your personal motivation. You know, anyone that, that comes up and plays us and says like, Oh, you know, they're going to kill us today. It's like, well, you already lost, you know, you can't have that attitude. No, absolutely. Um, I, I will say that that is something um, that I've seen whenever they, when teams play you guys, that um, there are teams that know right from the very beginning that it's going to be a long day. And I think that's the, the wrong attitude to have. Um, you know, we, we played you guys now probably five or six times. And I'll never forget the first time you guys blew us out the water. Um, we weren't ready for you guys. Um, and the second time we clipped, we, we clipped the nationals and the, four, the final score was like three to one. And mm -hmm. ever since then, I, I think it's one of those games where um, every time you that, that, that Ryan sees us, it's, it's okay. Um, these guys aren't guys that think we're going to blow them out of the water. So we got to actually blow them out of the water, <laughs> um, which I think is the attitude that, that, that you guys being the nationals have to have. Um, you know, you guys got to go out there and obviously do your job of finishing whoever's across the diamond from you. Um, but it, it's something where I've talked to a couple of different managers um, so far on this podcast um, and off the podcast. Our division is probably one of the most loaded divisions I've ever played in. Um, we obviously have you guys. Hurricanes are a really strong team. Um, the Marlins, who, you know, made the upper division playoffs with uh, you guys last season. I, I just think that this is a division that, that can be a lot of fun. Obviously, you guys are the, the, the top the top dog is the def two-time defending champions. Let's not take anything away from that. Um, but I just think that this division is a pretty 
dang loaded division. I'm going to ask you something here. And, and this is something that I think a lot of people in the league have thought about. And this is a topic that needs to be discussed. Okay. You know, um, do you think that the league should be two different divisions, like an upper division for the more elite teams and then a bottom division for teams that need development? So when Lou had the league, we did something along those lines. I don't know if you were here when Lou had it or if you were just when Dave had taken over. I think the Rowdy Boys were still with Lou. They were, yeah, I believe so. And I, I think you mentioned the Tigres. The Tigres had asked me to play for them. And mm-hmm. I, I remember I was like, well, why don't we ever play the Tigres? And it was because we were in the bottom delegated division. Yes, exactly. Um, so Lou, Lou did the, the upper and lower division. Um, and I think that was a, was a good concept. Um, so I believe what I've figured out based off of talking to people is the American and the national division are quote upper divisions. And I think the central division, which has the reds and the sugar Kings and the two expansion teams are, is the division for the older guys or the guys that are just trying to develop their teams. And then you have the other two divisions are the 10 teams that are I guess I'm going to say an upper division. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to having two eight-team divisions of an upper division and a lower division kind of thing. Um, I think this is something as those teams in the bottom, in that central division, start to get better, I think there will be some realignment. I think there will be some movement. Um, But I wouldn't be opposed to switching up the divisions. I think it would only help the league. I do Um, too. Because I think it would bring more more talent to the league too. Honestly, I, I I agree with that wholeheartedly, and I think it would let you know guys know. Okay, you know, we have to play the Nationals once a, a season, or we have to play the Marlins once a season, um, and that might be a game that that we may lose. But if we stay in that game, it could be a game that we're close in. But we're going to play games most weeks that we have a, a, a legitimate opportunity of winning. Yeah, Especially one of our. Teams- one of our team weaknesses, if you if, if you want to hear one of the few, is that we te- we typically play down to bad teams sometimes. And that's funny because the game that you guys played, the game that we won against you guys, um, I I said that to Ken when the game was over. I was like, I don't know what happened, but the first time you guys that, that they played us, they just they just foot on the gas the whole time. And it just seemed like that second that that game that we actually clipped you guys. It was it was one of those weird games where uh, a mental mistake led to a run. You know, walks that you guys normally don't have led to a run. It was just it was one of those things. It was it was really weird. And I think I told Ken I was like, this might be the only time we get them when they when they have a hiccup. Yeah. Yeah, and I talked to uh, Jim, the umpire, about it not too long ago. He was laughing. He's like, man, you guys do this all the time. I don't get it. You let teams hang around. And, you know, I think I think that's part of the, the divisional split, you know, solution is, like, it makes it more exciting. I feel like some guys don't, like, on the better teams, some of the guys don't show up on the days. They're, they know they're playing a team in the bottom five. They just – they don't even want to go, you know. And it's yeah, like you no, can, definitely uh, – you're definitely getting – all premium baseball whenever you know that you have to go bring it every Sunday. Cause you're playing a team that's, you know, on your level. I, I also don't know how fun it is for teams. If, 
if we don't play down to them and we just run right through them, even some of these top teams like the bums, the thunder, and some of these teams, like, is it fun for the other team to go play a team? They just have no possible chance of winning a game against, you know? So I don't know. I've, I've played, like I said, I've played in this season for, or this league for eight seasons um, or eight years. So I guess that's like 16 seasons. And I've played on teams that have had, zero wins and I've played on teams who have like eight or nine wins. Um, and and a, a bunch of those zero win teams that I played on were, we were getting blown out every day and it was every game. And it was hard to, to get guys to show up. Cause I was managing a team at the time. It was hard to get guys to show up. It was mm-hmm. hard to stay motivated to, to want to be on the field doing anything. So it was one of those things. Like I definitely think, knowing like, okay, a team right now who's sitting at, at one and five, you know, knowing that you're going to play a team that's on your level. I think that gets you more fired up and makes you want to show up, makes guys want to play more where instead it's when well, now you're playing a five and O team who is averaging 12 runs a game and our defense isn't that great. Do I want to show up and, and, and get destroyed? Do I want to yeah. waste my Sunday where I could be out with my family or my friends or watching football or whatever alternative option is available. I think that is a very common thought among a lot of players when that happens. And that's, that's probably why you'll get games where the Delray nationals tie the Caribe's, you know, I wasn't there by the way. So I don't know how that game went. I got an update from Austin Armstrong last night. and Yeah. It's also, you know, like if what happens if like there's guys that get released from Astros, Nationals, I mean, there's a lot of local pro teams and they got to find a place to stay in shape. Are they going to come out here and play one game and go, I'm never playing here again? I mean, that's going to restrict the talent, you know, and I say this just because we have guys that come out and that's what they say, you know, it's like, who is this team we're playing? Yeah. No, it's definitely an idea. I'm not, I'll, I'm going to, obviously pitch some ideas to Dave uh, when I get him on the show, hopefully uh, in the next couple of weeks as his high school coaching commitments uh, come to an end for the season. Um, yeah. And I know so- Dave's try. I know Dave's trying, you know, and it's, it's not easy being a league manager and running a league, you know, it's like trying to keep everyone happy and stuff. And he's also a player, right? So he's got to literally yeah, play games and, he got the save against us yesterday coming in relief of Mike who went a seven and two thirds. <laughs> so, yeah. So league president, uh, starting left fielder closer, um, all, all the head of Dave Sally in the last, uh, 24 hours. Um, but I just, uh, no, I think Dave's, Dave's done great. Uh, he's expanded the, the, the league by shoot, I think six or seven teams since he's taken it over. Yeah. Um, I see everything moving forward in a, in a good direction. Um, but I do think that finding an, an upper division where all those games are super competitive and a lower division where all those games are super competitive throughout, throughout would be beneficial to all 18 teams. And it would keep everybody wanting to come back and play good, hard, competitive baseball. Yeah. I also think because the federal league plays at night, I feel like guys love playing baseball at night. And I know we used to play in this league, like a Wednesday night game every once in a while, or like a Thursday night game, even if it wasn't at the best field, something about playing at night. I I would like to see that come back, you know, and have those midweek games or even a Sunday night or whatever, Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
I'll, I'll definitely mention that to Dave. I, I, like I said, I, there's a, there's some things I'm I'm going to bring up whenever I have an interview. That's probably going to be one of my longer interview segments that we do on the show. So I'm definitely going to write that one down because I definitely want to bring that up to him because I know he just worked out where we have the weekend slate at the Nationals and Astros Complex, uh, the, yeah. minor, the back minor league field. So I'm hoping that we might be able to expand on that partnership and maybe uh, be able to – rid ourselves of the dire parks of the world where the mound is about the size of an anthill. Yeah. I just played at that park recently for a, a tournament up at um, ballpark of the Palm beaches with a team from up North, the uh, New York um, it's team, of the Yankees and a bunch of the Del Rey guys, we all played in it. And uh, those fields are amazing. Like you, those guys that manage those fields, that's their full-time job. So those things are prestige. Yeah, because like, I remember when we were with Lou, um, Lou had a connection, obviously, to Roger Dean. We played on the Cardinal backfields for a while, and those fields were always the the, the cream of the crop. Um, I miss uh, I miss playing on those fields. So hopefully, uh, Dave's been able to find a way to uh, to work out a deal with with the uh, ballpark at the Palm Beach to use those fields moving forward. Because I think that would be a, a fun thing that we could do. Um, all right, let's transition here before I let you go. A um, couple things. Uh, I like to do a rapid fire. Um, I list off a team. You give me the first word that comes to your mind. Uh, okay. Good, bad, or, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, just rapid fire. Um, and then I'll finish up with one more thing, and then we'll get you out of here so you can get to work. Um, right. we'll, start, uh, we'll start with the Beach Bums. Um, you mentioned them by name, so we'll start with them. Um, describe them in one word. Um, I want to say scrappy. I think the bums, they always have decent pitching. Um, you know, you've got power hitting, you've got, uh, Dave Sally league MVP, you know, um, I don't know that they're, they're definitely a good team. They picked up some guys to obviously that helped them. You know, I, I always thought they would be the team to beat when I first joined this league. Um, you know, and I don't know. I mean, I want to say that they're not playing to the level they probably could be playing at. I, I saw they lost who you guys was it the tribe that beat them. We lost to them seven five yesterday. You someone the prior week beat them, right? Uh, yeah, the Derby Sluggers beat them. Sluggers beat them. Yeah, I look at that like, how does that happen? You know, their team's way too good. But see, I don't know if that was the and I don't know if that was the Mother's Day not being able to get guys out there because that was last weekend, and I know there were a bunch of teams that have made the comment that they were really thin because of mother's day. So I don't know if they fell victim to that as well. Yeah. I don't know that. Usually I would say we should just not play on mother's day, but you know, yeah, it is what it I, is. I think I would vote in the future for, for the league's sake to not do that. Um, because I think we had teams that were, were definitely undermanned. Um, yeah, and definitely took a hit on that. So um, we'll hopefully uh, we'll hopefully work on this uh, on that moving forward. Uh, but uh, honestly, that's Dave's decision, and we'll if we have to play, we'll 
we'll find enough guys, and if we don't play, then we'll get to spend the day with yeah, our moms and our wives. Mothers love baseball too, so I never judge that. But all right, who else we got? Um, let's go. Uh, you know what? You you you're talking to me. I guess let's go with the tribe. Uh, you know, you guys had that catcher on your team, right? Was that you guys that had the minor league catcher last uh, season? No, we have a we have a guy who catches for us, Gary. Um, we didn't. We didn't no, have you guys have Anthony Mele, right? Yes, we have Melly. Yep. Yeah, Anthony Melly, man. He he was on my softball team this year. That guy can freaking hit, throw. What a, what a stud athlete he is. Yeah, I was, I was very surprised when I faced him. Um, he's got to be the best closer in the league, hands down. I mean, he throws gas, and he's got some nasty stuff. Good movement. Shut down our two, three, four of our lineup. I mean, he was impressive. Uh, you guys probably need some starting pitching, right? I think that's an uh, area – that most teams are deficient in right now, having a guy that can put up seven solid innings and, you know, strike out five to 10 guys per game. I think that's probably where I would say most teams need to focus just recruiting guys. And, you know, we'll, we'll like go to like these batting cages and just see guys pitching, you know, throwing off a mound or doing drills or something to say, Hey, you know, how old are you? Do you want to play? You want to come out and throw some game? These guys, you know, will show up and play with us. But, yeah, I I really wish that there would be more of that in the league. You know, I just feel like some of these guys show up on Sunday, and once they get outside those fences, there's just no care. They just are like, whatever. If we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. But, you know, again, the split division would probably make that more competitive, and some of the better pitching would probably consolidate onto some of the other teams. Mm. Uh, Let's talk about the Marlins. Uh, they, I thought they were going to be a lot better than they were. Um, there's, there's still not a bad team. I, I, I think that there's a lot of potential for that team. Uh, did they, were they the ones that lost MJ? No, I think MJ was on the Flamingos. And then yeah, the he was on the Flamingos. And then he's now on the Thunder. I believe. Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're, the Marlins team is is another scrappy team for sure. I mean, they they have some new guys. It seems like mm-hmm. um, they. I don't know. Again, a case of a team that whenever we play them, I just don't think they mentally are all there. I just don't see the competitiveness like I do when we play uh, like really competitive teams. Right? Mm-hmm. Like we play this team from Miami, Suela in tournaments all the time. And this team, when we play them, we know that they're hungry and like ready to come after us. Like we, we see it like their pregame, everything is serious for them. Like they, there's no smiling on the field against us. Like some of these teams, you know, we hit, I hit a double and they're like smiling and they're like, Oh yeah, we pretty much expect us to, you know, get get our ass kicked today. It's like, so you know, all these teams, you, you can say any team in the league. I'm just going to be like, unless it's the Beach Bums, the Thunder, uh, I don't even know. So the Red Sox put up a good season last year, you know, props to, to their coaching staff and 
you know, some of the old timers over there for putting together a solid team. Um, other than those three other teams, I just really don't know. The Padres are probably the, the team to beat. I would say, I think they're going to be the team that has great pitching. You know, we face them, we, we lit them up pretty good, but we're different, right? Most teams in the league are going to struggle very hard against the Padres just based on how good their pitching is. Yeah. So I think I, in my opinion, I think they're the second best team in the league now, you know, they just need to mature a little bit. They're very young. Okay. Um, before I let you go, because I know I need to wrap up with you before you get to work. Um, I'm going to pitch Dave something. I've asked everybody that I've had on the show, all-star game for or against. Yeah, I'm totally for it. I mean, like again, a night game venue where we can bring, you know, family and friends and have a crowd there and really enjoy ourselves. I think it would be awesome. Uh, I don't agree with what you said about, you know, every team, you know, having a player or whatever. I think you're going to have teams like the nationals. We should have eight players in the all-star game, 10 players, maybe. So it's like, how do you, how do you take a guy on our team and take a guy from another team and say, well, he's going to be on the all-star team, but this guy is not, you know, so it's going to have to be like that. And that's how major league baseball used to do it. They used to have minimum. You just had one representative from each team, but some of the teams would be much heavier because they got voted in. So there would have to be some type of voting system. Like the league would have to be like, you know, second baseman, click on the best second baseman and every coach submits position players like and where, where they're going to go for the voting. But like, I don't know. I feel like you could just do a, the rest of the league versus the nationals all-star game. And that would be a great game. You know, who knows? That's not, that's, that's not something that we, uh, we might be able to think about something. Um, I, I, I just say that I think that every team should at least have a representative just so that yeah. everyone, just, just so that we at least uh, can acknowledge every team. Maybe, maybe it's the, it's the team MVP, whoever your coach picks as, as your team MVP is your automatic entry. And then we vote for, the rest of the all-star team um, from there, whether it's, you know, nominating guys and then we turn it over to, you know, an online vote and stuff like that. Um, I'm not opposed to it. Just trying to figure out ideas so that I can pitch Dave so we can get this thing going. Um, my hope is to have a night game. My hope is to have an, uh, a venue that we can, we can put, you know, teammates and family and friends in the stands and, you know, have a, have a fun night of, uh, of baseball action to, uh, commemorate the the all-star game in the season but maybe, uh, maybe we stream it and you're the announcer too and hey, doing the live I'm, play-by-play i'm all game for that man i would love to do it i would love to uh stream it maybe on youtube or twitch um it's an idea that i'm gonna pitch to dave obviously when i get him on the show because i'd love to do it and i think it would be great exposure uh for the league uh before i let you go do you want to plug anything you want to you want to say hello to anyone uh, here's your uh here's your chance yeah uh I want to say hello to my teammates and um, I, I miss a guy named Justin Jordan. You know, he's been missing in action now for a while. He's been traveling and hasn't been playing with us much. And, you know, JJ, if you, if you're listening to this, you know, we, we miss you come back. We need your arm and your bat. So he's been, uh, we call him the legend. So he's, you know, a guy that can pitch like Max Scherzer and, hit home runs like, you know, Mark McGuire. I mean, I've, I've never seen a human hit a ball farther than Justin Jordan. I was playing in a tournament in Arizona with him and his team was like all minor leaguers. And, you know, he's in his late thirties, almost 40. And they come out thinking, Oh, we're going to smoke this guy. And he throws like nine shutout innings and hits a ball 
395 feet into the freaking skylight, you know, over the, the lights and left field of a minor league stadium. I'm like, this guy's an absolute freak. Miss uh, having him out there. Definitely a plus to have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. That's going to do it. Brett, I appreciate you coming on. Um, to the Nationals, any of you guys that, uh, that want to come on and, you know, talk, uh, pass a message to them. I'd be glad to have any and all of them on. Um, other than that, man, uh, I appreciate your time today. I appreciate you coming and hanging out with me. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We'll do it again in the future. Um, and I appreciate, appreciate you being here. All right. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Brett. Have a good day. All right. You too. See ya. Sunny days and double plays, a Palm Beach baseball podcast. We're back. It is our trip around the diamond for, I guess this is week seven of play. And I'm doing something different. I've been joined now for a new segment, Around the Diamond, Vegas betting line edition. Uh, it is a new thing that we're doing here on the podcast. I am joined by the manager of Los Padres. You've heard him on an interview segment before. He is my new co-host for the Vegas betting line and power ranking segment of the show, Ivani Valdez. Ivani, what's up, buddy? Hey, Mike. What's going on, buddy? How you been? Hey, Thank you for bro. having me. And... uh I'm actually excited for this. Hell yeah. I'm excited to have somebody uh, join me so the fans can listen to something that isn't just me for <laughs> like 45 minutes. Listen, um, bud, it's, it's not all that bad, all right? All right. I appreciate it. Uh, a lot of fun stuff going on. Um, Ivani actually does not know my interview yet with Brett. Uh, I did that on Monday. It is Thursday. Uh, we are right before the tip-off of game two between the Heat and the Celtics. So – Going to have a lot of fun here talking about this week in baseball. Um, the Brett interview is a really good one. I want to hear your reaction tomorrow when it drops. So I'm expecting a nice detailed message from you. You got it. You have homework. Um, so let's start. Week seven, um, the Vegas betting line. I'm going to do the same thing that I was doing in the previews. Ivani's going to do the same thing. We're not going to actually pick our games because of, quote, regency bias. I'd have my team winning all the time. I'm just exactly, saying. exactly. Just saying, regency bias. Regency bias. Um, but so we'll 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 pick a we'll we'll pick the other team's game. We'll we'll give you the lines and all that fun stuff. So I'm actually going to start it off. Dyer Park, 9 a.m. slate. The visiting team is Tribe. I have them at plus 110. They are being hosted by the Palm Beach Thunder. I have them at minus 125 with an over under of eight and a half. Okay. Okay, so I actually have that game. Um, I have that game at an over under of three and a half. <laughs> I... <laughs> Nobody's sorry. I have the Thunder. I have the Thunder plus one forty five. I've tried two ten. Uh, I got a final score of seven to four. Okay. All right. So you have seven four. Um, all right, your game first slated from St. Lucia's Field One, nine o'clock start against the Caribbean Stars. I have you guys going off minus one fifteen. I have the Caribbean Stars at plus one twenty, with an over under for total runs scored at nine and a half. Um, obviously, you're not picking this game. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take you guys by a final score of seven to two, meaning slightly under my over under total. But a, but a victory for the favorites uh, in this matchup. All right. The next 9 a.m. slot from St. Lucia's Field number three 
It is both Ivani and mine's game of the week. It is the visiting team, the Palm Beach Marlins, being hosted by the Palm Beach Red Sox. I have both of these teams going off at minus 105. Vegas likes both of these teams a lot. Uh, over, under, total run scored in this game, I have nine. Um, I have over, under at nine as well. I have uh, – I got the Marlins at minus 135. I have the Red Sox at plus one. 45. I got a final score of six to five in favorites of the fish. Uh, I'm going to take the fish by a final score of six to four. Okay. Uh, the next game from St. Lucius, it comes from the central division. It is the Palm Beach Heat. They are being hosted by the Panthers. Uh, I have the Heat at minus 130. I have the Panthers at plus 125 as they look for their first win of the summer campaign. Under over for this game because these teams have already faced each other. So I did a little homework last night. I have the over under this game at 12 and a half. <laughs> hey, we both hit it on the nail. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually funny. That's actually funny. Um, I have I have I have the over under at 12 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the heat by uh, 135. Okay. Minus 135. And I have the mm-hmm. Panthers at plus 160. Okay. Uh, my final score prediction, I'll take the Heat by a final score of 10 to 4. Uh, my final score is 9 to 3 in this game. All right. Final game from St. Lucius. It is the Reds. They are undefeated at minus 140. They're taking on the Astros, who I have going off at plus 160. Again, second matchup between these two division rivals. Over under in this game for me, it's 13 and a half. I actually did a little bit of homework myself. Um, I have the Reds. I have a final score of four to two, and I like to say that I want to start a little, a little thing on this podcast of upset of the week. I have I have the Astros upsetting the Reds by a final score of four to two. Uh, I will take the Reds to get through this game uh, by a final score of 7-5. And the last game of the 9 a.m. slate is a game that was very high on my list of Game of the Week potential this week. Um, Our interview segment was with Brett Thick of the Delray Nationals. It is the Delray Nationals. Uh, They are going off at minus 125 against the South Florida Beach Bums. I have them going off at plus 110 with an over-under for this game being seven and a half. So for me, I got I got the Nationals at minus 110. I got the Bums at minus 155 with an over-under of 10 and a half. Okay. My, my prediction here, I'll take the Nationals by a final score of four to one. Um, I'll take the Nats as well as this one. I got this at, uh, I think it's going to be a little higher scoring game, obviously. I think it's going to be 7-3. Okay. That's the that's the 9 a.m. slate of games. Let's move to the 12-30 slate. We'll start with your game so we can get it out of the way so we can get our momentum going again. Uh, you guys are the away team in this game from St. Lucia's Field number one against the Reds. Uh, I have you guys at minus 110. I have the Reds at plus 125 in this game. 
with an over under of 12 and a half. This is the first real uh, out of division, comp, uh, out of division opponent for the Reds. Um, I'm actually going to take you guys to win this game. Final score, nine, seven. Okay. That's um, generous. Hey, I, 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 think, I think, I think it's going to be, I think that game's, I, I saw them. I, you know what? We stuck around um, okay. after our game on Sunday and I did some scouting. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Those guys can definitely swing it. Um, but you know, only Sunday, only Sunday will tell. So oh, I think, absolutely. I think it's going to be a very interesting game. I've looked at their scores the last couple of weeks and I definitely know that they're swinging it uh, with, with everything they have. So I don't think the offense is going to be the, the question here. And I know what you guys can do. We've played you guys already. Um, and I know you guys can hit the shit out of the ball. So let's not be uh, frank about that. Um, I don't think well, hitting is going to be the problem. I think it's going to be um, which one of you guys gets the best timely hitting. Um, and like I said, I've seen you guys do it time and time again. Uh, so I guess I'm putting my eggs in that basket. I can tell you something, man. Those, those, those JGB Reds, man. They, you can hit. I, we saw, at least I saw one. I scout. I'm happy I stayed by because I scouted him. Mm-hmm. And I saw one of their players, their third baseman, hit an absolute moonshot left center field at Dyer Park halfway through the road. I mean, it was. A nuke, Mike. Nice. That, that that's pretty far. Trust me, that, that's that's <laughs> daddy territory. Yeah, that's, that's that was a daddy hack for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, Saint Lucia's Field Two. Uh, we have the Delray Nationals. Their second game of the day. I have them at minus one sixty five against the Astros. Do I have plus two ten with an over under of fourteen and a half? So that game for the Nationals and the Astros, I have an over-under of 14.5 as well. I have the Nats at minus 145, and I have the Astros at plus 1,300. Yeah, this is a game on paper um, that, you know, it does not look as close. Um, You know, we had the interview with Brett earlier in the episode. You know, he said that, you know, an Achilles heel of these guys at times is playing down to their, their competition. Um, I think this is more of a, a second game for the Nationals. You may see some guys that normally don't pitch in our league getting some hill time so they don't have to bleed through all the pitching. Um, so that, that's why I'm thinking, given the Astros plus 210, it's, it's not, I'm not going to say it's charity, but I think it's something where the Nationals may take a little bit different of approach with the guys on the mound. Um, but I do, but I do think the Nationals win this game uh, convincingly. Uh, I have a final score prediction of ten to one. I have a final score prediction on that game of thirteen to one. Okay. Uh, second tilt for the Marlins. Uh, St. Lucia's Field, number three, twelve thirty start time. They're the Hogan team against the Heat. I have the Heat at plus one forty. I have the Marlins at minus one sixty five. Over under eleven and a half. So I have the Heat at. Plus 320. I have the Marlins at minus 150. Um, I have an over-under of 13.5. My final score of this game is 11-2. to two. I will take the Marlins' final score 9-3. Well. Nine, nine okay. Um, a, this is a game that's actually interesting as well to me, and I hope we're going to go on the same page for this 1231. 
Um, Hurricanes and Diamondbacks. This is actually the second time that they face each other. What's going on I, there? I know. Um, I have the Hurricanes at minus 120. I have the Diamondbacks at plus 115. I have the over-under in this game at 10.5. Okay. Um, I actually have the Hurricanes at minus 120. I have the Diamondbacks at plus 125. I think this is going to be a little bit of a closer game than – I think it's going to be a really close game, honestly. Um, Their last game was pretty close. I think the final score is going to be seven to five Hurricanes again. I think they're going to up, they're going to get through the D-backs again. So you had your upset special in the nine o'clock tilt. I'm going to take my upset special here. I will take the Diamondbacks six five walk off winner in the ninth. Really? Yes. Twelve thirty. Is that at Santa Lucia's? Yes, it is. Uh, I'll be I'll be peeking over that. Peeking game. over, peeking over. I'll be uh, peeking right. it over. That that is the four games from the St. Lucius Complex. We'll go to Dyer Park. The twelve thirty tilt sees the Sugar Kings, who I have at minus one thirty five, taking on the Warriors plus one thirty. Over under in that game thirteen and a half. I have an over under as well as thirteen and a half. I have the Sugar Kings at minus one fifteen, and I actually have the Warriors at a uh, plus. 2-10. Okay. I have a final uh, score of that game. I got the Kings winning, winning that 8-5. to five. Uh, I will also lean the way of the Sugar Kings. I have a final score in that game of I'm going to go 8-4. And, and finally, for the last game of the well, Finally the last game. Nope. Go ahead. Lead it in, buddy. Last no. game. Let's go. <laughs> so last game, actually, is going to be a very close game as well. Uh, to me, I have – it's going to be the Angels and the Derby Sluggers. I have the Angels at minus 125. I have the Derby Sluggers at plus 260. Um, actually, that's not that close to the game at all. <laughs> um, I, have a, I have a final score of 6-2, to two, the Angels. All right, so I have the Angels at plus 115. I have the Derby Sluggers. Minus 110 with an over-under of 14 and a half. Um, The reasoning behind this and the reason why I'm going to go with the Derby Sluggers, um, for those of you that actually have not seen, um, one of the Angels' own, Mr. Gabby Gonzalez, has taken an opportunity to go play some independent baseball in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, Gabby was one of their workhorses on the mound. He was one of their really good outfielders and one of their best hitters. Um, So this is – I guess this is life without Gabby, and we're going to see the adjustment that the Angels can make. Um, the Derby Sluggers, a 2 nothing win two weeks ago against the, the Beach Bums. Um, I think they're just going to channel all that that momentum that they keep they still have from that game. Um, I'll take the Derby Sluggers' final score of 4-2. to two, So I don't think they're going to hit that over-under. Um, but this game has the ability to go completely left very quickly. Very quickly. Um, both both these teams can score in bunches, um, so that's that's our trip around the scoreboard or around the the preview uh, with our Vegas betting lines. Um, I'm now going to roll into the power rankings. I have a power ranking. Um, if Andy doesn't get this, is going to start being a new thing. We'll each do our power rankings every week. Um, so I'm going to list off the team. You tell me if you agree or disagree, and then at the end we'll discuss why you agree or why you don't disagree with certain teams. On the spot. 
Okay. All right. Let's do it. Uh, number 18, unfortunately, team has no wins yet. It is the Panthers. Yes, sir. I agree. 17, Warriors. Uh, they do have a win, but the expansion team is still trying to get its footing. Uh, I don't think that they're moving in a wrong direction. I just think that they're going up against teams that are more established and have better chemistry. I agree. I also agree with that. Uh, number 16, again, uh, life after Gabby for the, the Palm Beach Angels. Um, they're, they're staying competitive in a lot of games. They just can't seem to put it together uh, when they need to in a spot. So I have them here at 16. Um, I don't agree with that one. I, okay. I actually have the Angels um, up one. I have the Derby Sluggers okay, in that so we spot. Flip, so we flip them. Correct. I have uh, just because of uh, run differentials and run adds. You know, I, no, I I see that, and I I base a lot off of that as well. No, absolutely. I have the Derby Sluggers at fifteen. You have the Angels at fifteen. So we're in the same we're in the same general ballpark through the bottom four teams. Yes, uh, sir. Fourteenth right now. I have a team that was an expansion team last year. They keep competitive in games for times, but it seems like they're always still having that one inning that kind of gets away from them. Uh, that is the heat. I agree with that spot. Uh, 13th. Uh, this one was hard for me because there were a lot of teams underneath them that won last week. And this team went one and one as they had a double header. Um, and this is nothing against those guys. I think the world of these guys, I have the sugar Kings at 13. Okay. Um, wow. You put me on the spot for that one. I, I think I'd have a better uh, power rankings for next year. But... Yeah, for next week. For next week. I'm yeah. Sorry. yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, next. Definitely not next, next week. week. <laughs> uh, yes, next week. At number twelve, this team moves up a spot uh, because, of, or no, this team stays in their spot after a tie with the Delray Nationals. I have the Caribbean Stars here. Okay. Uh, Diamondbacks. They get a victory. I'm up two spots. Mm, okay. Yeah. Following that, I have the Astros. They stay in the number 10 spot after their win against the Panthers. They've been winning some games. I've been looking at them. They have. Five, uh, five and two. I'm liking it. I need to see them be 100% competitive in a game with the Reds, though, because that's who their biggest competitor is in division. Um, and the one time that they played, the Reds really put it to them. So I I'm not saying that I don't believe in the Astros, but that's a team that they have they're gonna have to compete with uh, all season long. So I want to see them do it in the game against their division rival. That's why I have them as the upset of the week. Correct. Uh, at number nine, I have the Red Sox. Okay. At eight, I have you guys, Los Padres. Okay. Seventh, I have uh, the Tribe. Okay. Six, I have the Hurricane. Okie dokie. Five, I have the Palm Beach Thunder. Yes. Our top four in fourth place is the South Florida Beach Bums. They move up one spot. Um, okay. I have the Marlins in the three spot. They're also up one spot. Okay. I have the undefeated Reds in second. And I have the defending two-time champion Nationals in first. Yes, I know they're coming off of a tie, 
but I am one of those guys that until they lose, I still think they're the the horse in the in the race that you have to aim for. Um, and I think that's why I still have those guys at first through the first six weeks of the season. I like it. I like it. I'll have I'll have something worked up for uh, for next week on my power rankings. Excellent. All right. So that's your preview for this week. Uh, the full slate of twelve games from around the Palm Beaches, as well as the power ranking segment. Thanks, Mike. Somebody. I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Okay. Give so we were on Vegas odds in that, yep. in that last segment before we hit power rankings. Yep. If you had a three-team parlay, who would you? I will take. Did you catch that, Mike? Yeah, I did. I'm, 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 I'm sitting here looking at my. Uh... Sorry, I got a phone call halfway through. <laughs> no, you're fine. I heard all of it. I'm, I'm, I'm going back and looking at my odds and figuring out where I want to go here. All right, so I'm gonna go. The Heat over the Panthers. I'm gonna go. Padres over Caribbean stars. And I will take. The Sugar Kings over the Warriors as my three team parlay. Okay. That's my three team parlay for this week. Okay. Um, cool. All right. So that is the power rankings and your preview for this week uh, the 12 games around the Palm Beaches. Um, I'm enjoying this uh, podcast stuff. I'm enjoying that I have a new co-host for this segment. It, it's going to be a lot of fun moving forward with you. Uh, Thank you for having me, Mike. Seriously. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate I appreciate you putting in the time, bud. I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. I agree. I agree. I think, um, <laughs> I think we're going to bicker a little bit. We will. <laughs> Ex- we will especially, especially in the power rankings. But, you know, See, that's, but that's a good thing. You, exactly. you need that. You need that because I think it's going uh, to build some chemistry between people in the league. Um, 100%. So I talked to Dave earlier today. Uh, hopefully I have him on next week where we get to plug the all-star game a little bit. See if I can get that out of him. Uh, that's still my hope. Um, that's the, that's what I want you to focus on whenever you listen to Brett's interview, because again, we're recording this on Thursday. I've had a couple of days to sit on what Brett has said. I find a couple of things that he said interesting. So I want to see what you think about that, but that's going to do it for this portion of the show. Um, I appreciate you guys uh, following along, listening along with us. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Ivana, you got anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Mm, no, maybe not really. I'm just maybe maybe a sponsor. Oh well, obviously you know, like I said, Mofongo. Um, that's our sponsor. That's that's where we're at. Um, very great food, guys. Whoever's listening, off of Dixie between Forest Hill and Southern Boulevard. It's, if you like Dominican food, if you like Caribbean food. Man, that's the place to be. It's not crazy expensive. Um, if you're going on a weekend, I won't, you know, I will be honest with you. You might wait an hour, hour and a half because that's, you know, that's how good the food is. And us as a team, <laughs> they even sponsor us. And last time we went uh, two Sundays ago, and I think we waited almost two hours to get a table. So um, I think that says a lot. So Yeah, when the, when the team they're sponsoring can't get a table – that means get there early, get there often to make sure you get a seat. Um, we appreciate you coming on, Ivani. I will see you next week for the preview of next week's games and our trip through the power rankings. Thank you for having me, Mike. And Thanks, uh, 
uh, we'll see each other on Sunday, man. Hell yeah. Talk soon. All right, brother. Take care. All right, buddy. Later.